I got to get this on the record. The Stephenification of Travis is happening at alarming speed. Oh no! What happened? It just, I left a glass of water in a different room. Well, it was room. just... It was, <laughs> you are Steven now. Yeah. That's, it was, it that's was, a classic <laughs> move. It was that. It was opening a beer, and then when I, I was cleaning up, there was just a full beer that had been opened. It wasn't full. I there was, half of it. Okay, there were three sips. <laughs> you gave me a whiskey right, sour Steven. while I was in the middle of drinking it. <laughs> the defense of this? Very Steven-y. It's always um, defensive. And then, yeah, um, I, and then I, I invented being extremely defensive and combative about everything, just like I know to be rampant narcissism or Stephenification. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I mean, you gotta get, I gotta give, I, you know, I, come give on, me something, come give on. me something. I, okay, actually, though, admittedly, this might be the the part. How much have you been walking around singing "Come On, Come On" by the Von Bondies? Yeah, I mean, more or less constantly since. I guess I you only just show. watched it. No, I mean, I've been thinking about watching it and thinking about the Von Bondies. And it, I maybe this is a good time to talk about the Von Bondies because I've seen them live. I saw them at the Grog Shop. Did they play Come On, Come On last or first? They had to play last, last. and then everybody clapped for about five seconds. And then it was agreed upon by both the crowd and the band that we did not need any more. And everybody went home. <laughs> <laughs> was there even an encore or was that just... No. It was the first show I uh, ever saw that didn't have an encore. <laughs> and it wasn't like one of those bands like trying to be like principled, like, oh, encores like are artificial yeah. or whatever. It was just like My nobody wanted more. The band did not want to play more. They had played their song. Uh, at some point during the set, the main guy made us, made the whole crowd, like he counted down from three and made us all yell the word fuck. That's very cool. the energy of this TV show. Yeah. Uh, so when you saw the Von Bondies, uh, my overwhelming question is why? I was consuming any indie culture I could possibly find. Didn't know really what their deal was. Knew that they had a song that I knew, and my girlfriend wanted to go. That's weren't like I just need to know what got what energy this guy has that got Jack White to punch him in the face. That feels really easy to get Jack White to punch you in the face. Yeah, I hope you want to yell at one of my friends to get off his lawn. The leaked emails from Jack White about Dan Orbach are truly some of the best shit. <laughs> I like Dan Orbach being a nice person, apparently, and Jack White. I don't want to hang around with my fucking kids. <laughs> he's been co he's been hosting off me for years. I'm the only person I'm the only white guy who can play blues with guitar. It's just me. Uh, but those things don't matter. We're not here to talk about Detroit or Nashville residents. We're here to talk about Clearly not Bostonians, not in the least bit. <laughs> We're here to talk about new fucking Yorkers. They have Irish people there too. It's as you, yeah, I know, but Dennis Leary sounds so incredibly Bostonian this whole show. Yeah, yeah, he does. But no, we're here to talk. It's as you, it's as you know, the podcast that needs two things to survive: sex and fire. <laughs> podcast that does first and last episodes of TV shows, so you the don't have to watch the rest. Show straight I, flames. I'm, let me tell you, well, I think a spoiler for our reactions. This is one of those ones where I was, after the first episode, was like, I've had enough. <laughs> I could take a break. I am fulfilled. And I did. I, walk, I, I normally go back to back. I walked away for a while. I'm Ian Benson. Joining me, Travis Marmon. Hello. Right next to me on the couch. Where he always is, we got Matt Ciani. What's up? And out on secret assignment, Stephen Doughton. Uh, unable to join us this week. We'll... We'll be sure to have him update what he has been doing uh, next week when he returns to the podcast. 
We should actually have, that's what we should do, is have Stephen record like a two-minute section and just drop it here. So yeah, we go now, we now go live to Stephen in the field. Uh, you're here this week to talk about Rescue Me, one of the most FX-ass FX shows in my mind. The American it's kind of the FX drama. show, right? It's one of their first ones that I think was like pretty popular and pretty acclaimed. I mean, this is the era of like Nip Tuck and Damages and stuff too. Oh, oh and the Shield. Tuck. Wow. But like, uh, but I think this has, I don't know. This sort of also feels like some of your Showtime ear picks too. Of like, this is a drama that was made by a stand-up comedian and a comedy writer, and. Would you like to know the th- the original FX shows? I have those. Uh, sure. I don't know how old FX is as a network. Um, FX was... Uh, it's been around. Like, it was started in 94. It was rebranded uh, in, in uh, 1997 as FX Foxconn Cable, which is hilarious. <laughs> that that rebalance. Uh, and in 98, it debuted, uh, debuted three original series. Instant Comedy with the Groundlings. Penn and Teller's Sin City Spectacular, and Bobcat's wow. Big Ass Show. So wow. All comic stuff. All three were canceled within a year. <laughs> They're like, let's launch this broadcast network. <laughs> Here we go. Let's give Bobcat Goldthwaite a TV show to launch. Now I'm mentioning Bobcat Goldthwaite's version of Rescue Me. Do you, do either do any of us have a Bobcat Goldthwaite I impression? D- I wish I could do a Bobcat. He's <laughs> hard. Hey! Just yeah. like... You, Ah! Yeah, I, I, I can't quite do it. Uh, I love I love Bobcat Goldthwait. I love uh, I mean he's um, he's one of what is he, he's pain or panic? And he's Hercules. pain. Yeah, he's just and I love when you hear Bobcat Goldthwait speak in his normal voice and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, him and Gilbert Gottfried are like, oh, you don't sound like that all the time. It's it truly feels <laughs> uh, it truly feels like a uh, a betrayal. But no, uh, in 2002, The Shield debuts. Then 2003 is Nip Tuck. 2004 is Rescue Me. And that is Man, what we're here to talk tear. about. The Dennis Leary vehicle. And it really was more Matt. of a Dennis Leary vehicle than I thought it would be. Like, I knew he was in it. I didn't know that he yeah, was just going to do his routine. Yeah, doing Dennis Leary routines. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, to no laughter. But it was and also instead, people are like, come routine, on. He's fucked up. Yeah. Where are we at with Dennis Leary as a society, as a podcast? Uh, I think society has mostly progressed past Dennis Leary's, and he never want. He's he's more self aware than like the Adam Carollas of the world, who are like now just the like the goddamn PC police trying to cancel me. Like Dennis Leary, I think is just like that's definitely who his audience is these days, probably. Yeah. But like, he's more liberal than them. One, he's one a thing Jack I, Kennedy Democrat. Yeah, he calls himself a Jack Kennedy Democrat. He, Jesus. Yeah, like I said, he's a bit more self-aware. And like one thing that struck me when I was reading about him and Peter Tolan, their co-creator of the show, mm-hmm. is like, so Rescue Me, obviously, like homophobia is a big <laughs> uh, thing brought up a lot. Of rescue, and like the show tackles that issue as well. But it is like, you know, at the end when he's dropping uh, several slurs in the finale, you're like, yeah. okay, so I guess Tommy Gavin didn't necessarily grow out of that. But like... Uh, Dennis Leary considers his closest friend to be Mario Cantone. Do you remember him, Matt? Uh, very he gay. Was, he was uh, Charlotte's best friend yes. in Sex and the City. He was in oh. the episode from last week, the guy who was like, Colin Farrell will play me. That is Dennis Leary's best friend. And then Peter Tolan, who co-created the show, who also um, was best known for like showrunning Murphy Brown and like wrote on several mm. other like big big hit comedies in the 90s, 
uh, was a deeply closeted gay man for a long time. Um, came huh. out after the show was done. Um, and so that kind of, I don't know, put an interesting perspective on, like, the homophobia in the show. And, like, also, like, as much as it's awful to just, like, hear all of these characters just, like, being really racist to each other, be their uber macho-ness, like, obviously, like, the it's whole real. point the show's trying to do is, like, yeah, that's what firefighters are fucking like. <laughs> like, they're not really, like, attitude-wise, <laughs> like, they're not, like, better than, like, cops are. They just do a job yeah. that actually matters. Yeah. Uh, and, like, the point of the show is also, like, these guys are all hiding extremely deep pain that yeah. I, I, I had about. had the arc while watching the show, and, and Rescue Me is just about uh, uh, Dennis Leary, a New York firefighter post-9-11, you know, recovering from the PTSD and, you know, his miserable survivor's life. Survivor's guilt. And survivor's guilt. Well, I mean, survivor's guilt is a subsection of PTSD, yeah. technically. Uh, but uh, I just found it... I found myself in the beginning, like, firefighters are good, right? And I, by the <laughs> end, I'm like, I have... I, I unfortunately... Have to cancel firefighters. We probably yeah, need them. AFAB. We do. <laughs> so. AFAB. Uh, we've come a long way from, you know, like early 1800s firefighters who would, you know, were, would light fires and then extort uh, business owners <laughs> to have them put out because they were all, you know, being run by Tammany Hall and shit like that. <laughs> just horrifically corrupt. Uh, they're not inherently bad. They're just systemically bad. Yeah, it's just, like, a lot of, like, firefighter culture. I don't know, Matt, how similar is this to kitchen culture? Like, it's, it feels like... Uh, it's simple. a lot like, more militaristic. Bad, but, like, we need them. Firefighters don't do an evil job like cops do, obviously. Um, so I, I, I would draw that distinction, but, like... My, my understanding of firefighter culture uh, is that you're supposed to be incredibly ripped and you never wear a shirt underneath the jacket... You know, <laughs> yeah, much like everyone on this show, like Lieutenant Kenneth Luce, uh, uh Every firefighter that I've known, which is two people, uh, and their wives, really, really <laughs> loved this show. Uh, and were like, "Oh, this is my show. That, like, this, is, oh, yeah. this is about me. I am tired of being called a hero. Uh, Stop looking to me as a hero. I'm a bad guy. I love to just be completely damaged." And, you know, doing an important work. Should I talk about my relationship to Rescue Me? Because I'm only one who's watched any of this before. Before, I would mm -hmm. rather us talk about our relationship to Dennis Leary specifically. Sure, I mean, that was a good part of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just going to say, specifically, here's the part I, in my... In my uh, show notes, I say, here's the part where we talk about the song Asshole by Dennis yeah, Leary. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to bring up, is <laughs> when I was in middle school... Like, the height of comedy to me and my friends was we would watch this video that was, like, a compilation of, like, doing funny things in Halo that was set to Asshole by Dennis Leary. Oh. What were some of the funny things in Halo? I don't even remember. I wow. I mean, the song stuck with me more than the The video. height of comedy, and he only remembers <laughs> But, like, I had the song memorized for a long time. Uh, How much you still got on you? Oh, I mean, a lot of it. I'm not going to sing it, though. Okay, oh, I mean, he barely you sings it. Say the yeah, hold on, no, hold that. on. We are, I'm pulling up the lyrics, and we are doing this one live. Okay. We need. We got the space to fill. There's no Steven this I'm just week. Gonna, I'm going to speak it instead of trying to do the melody. Yeah, yeah, let's fucking go. That's All also right. better for us, because then we won't get, like, you know, uh, DMCA strike down. Yes. Okay. I'm just a regular Joe. There's a whole other intro. Oh, folks, I'm going to, yeah, like, there go. there's a spoken, there's a spoken intro, there's a spoken intro, which I don't, I don't remember that part as well, but, like, the first Folks, verse, I'd like to sing a song about the American dream. Yeah. About me, about you, about the way our American hearts beat way down in the bottom of our chests, 
about that special we feeling, special feeling we get in the cockles of our hearts. Maybe below the cockles. Maybe in the subcockle area. Yes. Maybe in the oh liver. Maybe in the kidneys. Maybe, maybe even, even in, in the, the colon. colon. Yes. We don't know. <laughs> and then it's, I'm just a regular Joe with a regular job. I'm your average white suburbanite slob. I like football and porno and books about war. Uh, I got an average house with a nice hardwood floor. My wife, my job, my kids in my car. I like food on my table and a Cuban cigar. Feet on my table? Yeah! Feet on table and a Cuban cigar. I was like, I'm gonna hit this a bunch and then you crushed the first verse. That's all I really needed. But sometimes that just ain't enough to keep a man like me interested. No way. Uh Uh-uh. No way. No, I gotta have fun at someone else's expense. Yeah, 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 yeah. I drive super slow in the ultra-fast lane while people behind me are going insane. I mean, some minor word discrepancies, I'm an, I, I'm an asshole. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. an asshole. What an asshole. There's that. And then you get into, like, I can't, now I don't remember, like, the placement of them, but there's, like, sometimes I park in handicapped spaces okay, while handicapped I, people uh, make handicapped faces. Yeah, I was going to say, if there's, I start these, will you finish them? I walk around. Uh, uh, there's one part where it's I piss on the seat. I walk around in the summertime saying, how about this heat? That's, yeah, is... I use public toilets and piss on the seat. <laughs> yeah. I walk around in the summertime saying, how about this heat? And, and then, then he goes on a big rant in the middle where he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, like, order, I, I can't remember, it's like ordering a McDonald's I'm going to give myself a 1967 Cadillac Eldorado convertible hot pink. Hot pink. With whale skin hubcaps and... All leather cow interior. And what is what are the headlights, Travis? I don't remember. Big brown baby seal eyes for headlights. Yes. And then he's going to get, like, a McDonald's burger. I'm going to drive like that a- baby at 115 miles per hour, getting one mile per gallon, sucking down quarter-pound cheeseburgers from McDonald's in the old-fashioned, non-biodegradable styrofoam containers. So then there's a part that's about, like, unfreezing John Wayne and how pissed off the Duke's going to be. And he's like, you ever taking a cold shower? That's how pissed off the Duke's going to be. Yeah. I'm going to get the Duke and John Cassavetes and Lee Marvin and Sam Peckinpah. John Cassavetes would hate Dennis Leary's yes. ass so <laughs> like, much. John Cassavetes does not fit that at all. <laughs> Uh, I love the idea, though, of Dennis Leary, because he says John Cassavetes in regards to, like, John Cassavetes' film career, but I love the idea of Dennis Leary being like, yeah, a woman under the influence? I need that motherfucking guy on my side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the asshole, that's Asshole, which is a song I thought was funny until I was, like, 21. Um, and, like, when I, so I watched the first season of the show. Dad's, dad's beloved asshole, I bet. Maybe. Um, I watched the first season of this sophomore year of college because I was like, I've heard this is good. It seems like it's an interesting idea, and like I liked Dennis Leary. I had Why We Suck or whatever uh, oh. that book, and then I watched a season of it, and I was like, this is consistently like B minus television at best, and dropped it. Um, so your letter grade only dropped like half half of one letter. Yeah, I mean, like it's not a good from show, when but you like watch, from has, when you liked Dennis Leary. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's not good. Like, I don't know. Ian was saying it's the worst show that we've watched so far. And I, I found it. No, no, it is not. Yeah. Uh, well, we all have different concepts for worst. This is yeah. the one I enjoyed the least. Californication has Duchovny, who is at least charming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, this has this, uh, Stephen Pasquale, who uh, I always get confused with Keith Dudemeister. The one, I, one he's the dumb like one, Jason but not Street. as dumb as the super dumb one. I, I actually, I genuinely had a moment where I was like, this show really would have benefited had it had Scott Porter play one of these idiot firemen. Yeah, He uh, looked so much like him. I also spent a long time trying to place the, was it, did they reveal he was Dominican? Uh, he's Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. He's in Puerto The Dark Knight Rises. That, well, no, I was placing, yeah. I took so long to try and place where that one was from, and then I remembered he's one of the idiot He's uh, the cops that get caught underground. Uh, no, he's not one of the cops uh, that gets caught underground. He's one of the um, 
like CIA guys that they drop in that oh, they smuggle gets, in to try and you know help yeah. bring down Bane, and then gets like hung, hung from the bridge, the, the bridge by yeah. as like Bunny Colvin looks on in like terror. Yes. Uh, but yes, that was where I was like, where have I seen this guy be an idiot before? Oh, that's where. <laughs> Bane gets his ass. Yeah. Damn. Like, who else notable on the show? Yeah. How do you think Dennis Leary would have reacted? <laughs> Rescue to, Me reacts to, to, like, a Bane like To a supervillain threat? <laughs> That's what would, I would... I would watch the show He'd if you're like... He'd be like, this is no 9-11. We can handle this. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> Matt, what... I had no relationship to Rescue Me. I have a minimal relationship to Dennis Leary other than I actually sometimes enjoy his acting performances. Hmm. Like uh, uh, Thomas Crown Affair or The Sandlot. A Bug's sure. Life, of course. The Amazing Spider-Man. Which one is he in A Bug's Life? He's the Ladybug. Like the Ladybug. Dave also Foley's doing his the routine, main bug? right? Yeah. Yes, Dave Foley is the... Now I'm looking up the Bug's Life cast. This is what happens when we don't have a synopsis. We're just, we just freewheel it. That's fine. Uh, my relationship to Rescue Me was um, just that my uncle, who's a firefighter, really liked it. And I learned of the show... Like the day after I saw the Von Bondies live. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, wow, like this sounds like something that doesn't appeal to me at all. Uh, and also thought, wow, I probably wouldn't be allowed to watch this if my parents were home. The male the ladybug constantly mistaken for being a woman. Wow, yes. that is perfect. That is Dennis so Dennis Leary. Leary. <laughs> yeah. Jesus yeah, Christ. Oh God, I totally and forgot. he does like Dennis Leary routines. Yeah. yeah. He was also the um, the Sabretooth and Ice Age, right? Yes. Man, he's, huh. he's so fucking set from those movies. Holy shit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like a movie with no a franchise with no cultural impact that has made an obscene amount of money. I was going to I was going to pull both of these up. Okay, first of all, how many Ice Age movies are there, Travis? There's at least five. Give me a guess. Five? Six. Okay. Ice Age, Ice Age The Meltdown, Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs, which, wait a minute. They went backwards in time. I don't Ice know. Age, Continental Drift, Ice Age Collision Course, Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild. That must be like a spinoff. Yeah, thing. is that direct to DVD or streaming? Uh, something like that. And then uh, it has grossed six billion dollars <laughs> i mean no no wonder their albums still get so much breathless hype from yeah music critics best new music every single one of them like <laughs> in a row since they love ray record. romano they love john leguizamo i oh. always remember i believe it was ian cohen who said this band's too handsome to be making this music maybe it was tom <laughs> bryan it was just it was like what's up with these guys they're all good looking dudes they're, Why they they're great this? looking folks like you know immediately i i like knew that they were the ones setting up their own gear because i was like <laughs> there's no way that that's anybody other than the very handsome members of this band <laughs> it's ridiculous and then you've got you know yeah they don't look like the band ice age it's, they're not made out of all uh, what's the dude from black midi's name Jordy Greep. Yeah, who looks like a Jordy Greep. And sounds like Ooh. him too, yeah. Incredible. But enough about, enough about Handsome Danes. Uh, <laughs> ah, we just turned we off just, the yeah, game. Yeah, we just had the Denmark-Finland game on in the background. but So for those of you who really want to figure out the uh, the time frame of when we do yes. these things. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the acclaimed series Rescue Me. He got two Emmy nominations. One That's for right. writing. Yep. The other fun thing with this show is, we're watching it. Is this written? Yeah, <laughs> it just they seems like, like him doing his routine while the rest of the cast is doing a <laughs> sounds sitcom. like. So what you're telling me is it sounds like Bill Hicks should have gotten a nomination. Oh, hey, that's the main the thing park. I knew. That's the main thing I knew about Dennis Leary. 
before pretty recently is that people on stand-up comedy forums that I read in high school hated him. The main comedy thread that I remember was on Lamb Goat. <laughs> and people would post <laughs> like bootlegs of Bill Hicks and stuff. Uh, they probably and, all like, found through Tool albums. How do you feel <laughs> about Bill Hicks? Not funny. Terrible influence on culture at large. <laughs> <Okay>. like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Bill Hicks was important for me to hear at the time. Like, But anybody could have played that role. Like, it didn't have to be Bill Hicks. He just happened to be the first person that I heard expressing viewpoints that were outside of, like, what I had been propagandized through my entire Could life. Could you imagine if Travis played the Bill Hicks role, though? Travis. I do love to go on a rant. Yeah, Tra- you, but you e wearing a leather jacket, smoking cigarettes, <laughs> just telling us all about this all. Your, your rant style is very different than the Bill Hicks rant style. I no, I'm say. much funnier than Bill Hicks. Uh, I agree with that for sure. <laughs> I never thought Bill Hicks was funny. I have never heard Bill, a Bill Hicks joke. I've only heard <laughs> Bill Hicks is ranting about the world and I, how it is. I did a bunch yeah. of you know like light reading on Dennis Leary and like the stand-up controversy earlier. And then responded in the the only way I know how when I read about stand-up for a while, which is uh, go... I mean, Travis was here when I played it, but go listen to the moth joke from Norm, the greatest joke of all time. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know what? There is a Bill Hicks joke that I learned about while reading about Dennis Lear ripping off Bill Hicks, which was when he was asked about it. And he was like, no, I actually ripped him off. I mean, I camouflaged it with punchlines. And then, like, even, you know, to really top it off, I did it before he did. It's like, a good way that's to, yeah. Amusing. That's a good I way guess. to play that off. I don't know. Uh, actually, now, so as, this is something I think we should talk about a little bit more as uh, in, in the the conceit of this show, which is you know, as experts, as pop culture experts, as people who are absolute geniuses on this, you know, part of the reason we do this podcast is you know so that you know we can we can uh, spare others, we can inform others, and you know we we all know, and I, I think there are ways that we can punch up shows, and I realize now, perfect way to punch it up, same show. But instead of having Dennis Leary say Dennis Leary dialogue, imagine if it was like Norm MacDonald, for example. Exact same energy, just Norm playing the Dennis Leary role. I was going to say it should be uh, Willem Dafoe. Oh, looked, I mean, that's he actually and Dennis good. Leary look very similar to me. Dennis Leary looks like a Willem Dafoe character. I can't believe you're saying that Captain George Stacy looks like gr- the Green Goblin. He's saying Dennis Leary looks like Jesus Christ himself, so... I'm now imagining Dennis Leary in West <laughs> The Last Temptation of Christ. Let's swap in those roles. That's House. A- yeah, they're like, no, instead of Jesus having a New York accent and Judas having an even more New York accent, it's a Boston guy and, like, I don't know. This show is so fucking Boston in its energy. Like, yeah. why didn't they just, I, like, I guess so they, could do about, nine, so they could use 9-11. You were to say, so they could do 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> They could wow, have used fire. <laughs> Rescue Me did 9/11 as viral marketing. What about Okay, here's Just my like here's how I'm punching up the show. Same show, but they said it in Boston and it's about the Boston Marathon bombing <laughs> uh, and they treat it with the same amount of weight as 9/11. What's that movie called? Uh Patriot's Day. Oh, by the way, that would have to be the if they're, they're giving the answer by the way, if Dennis Leary is Jesus in our remake Mark then Wahlberg Mark Wahlberg is, is Judas. Yeah. Ben Affleck is, you know, saying... <laughs> Who's going to play the David Bowie role as Pontius Pilate? Honestly, the another guy, guy that kind of looks like Dennis Leary. No, it's the, guy from, the, the guy from Dropkick Murphys. Sure. Oh. 
I have to forever give the Dropkick Murphys credit. Very Rescue Me thing. I bet they appear in this show musically because yeah, one of their I mean, singers quit to join the Boston Fire Department. <laughs> it's like a lifelong dream. I got to, I got to, or maybe it wasn't, you know, someone in the band left Dropkick. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a job. It's a, it's not a career. It's a calling. I, I feel that, yeah, like a Boston firefighter is the equivalent of a soldier in the Starship Troopers universe. Yeah. He's doing his part. He's doing his part. All right. Can we talk about what happens on this show? It opens in the worst way a show can open, in my opinion, which is a dream scene. And then they do that shit again in the finale. They do that shit constantly. And then we get him uh, given... Going, the dream on, going sequence, on a rant. The dream of, sequence, by the way, is so boring. It's just him standing in like a bathroom that's filling with smoke. It's not even that fantastic. Seems like a dream firefighters probably have all the time. Uh, it seems like the kind of like boring but like evocative thing that you would see in a sh- promo for the show. Yeah, like it's, so it, it looked promo, more like a trailer. And then it would say "Rescue Me" like Thursdays. Yeah, starting right. September 9th. But it was actually uh, the show. Yeah, but then you get him going on a rant here. I know the Stennis Miller's thing, but whatever. Going on a rant to the uh, new, you know, new firefighters in front of a 9-11 memorial talking about how they're all pussies with no balls and he's going to, their, their balls are bad and that <laughs> they lost four good men. And he's just. And one of them, they only found his head and. And then he's just like, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to serve this city. You're going to get lucky. You're going to get posted, you know, bed Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, <laughs> Staten Island. For, yeah, it was before like before the podcast. He was like, "We have to make sure Matt doesn't do the gaudy bit because it's right there." I didn't realize he was just going to do it. It's the only way I could do it. You. you know, it's sometimes the only way. I, I, this a is wise, supposed to be a Brooklyn firehouse specifically. A wise man once said, "Sometimes the only way to cock block is is to do it yourself." God. Uh, then what he, happens? He, well, he's just yeah. He just shouts about nine eleven because he then lost he, his best friend, who was his cousin. His cousin, yeah. Which I was if like, I, he, if I, I were in nine eleven, I'd probably be like, I, don't know, I wouldn't feel great. I wouldn't be it. doing great. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> if I were a nine eleven firefighter. No, I, I'm. I was just gonna. Uh, I was gonna more talk about the cousin as a best friend. I love that. That character That dynamic. might be an Irish thing. <laughs> so say, fucking Irish. <laughs> I was going to say, it feels extremely Irish-American we, to be like... say this because the person in Ireland is not on the show today. <laughs> I don't know. Based on how, like, uh, on that Matt LeBlanc meme where it's like, ah, a guy crossing his arms, the most Irish uncle thing in the world. No, I like, get what they were saying <laughs> and the way he looks. It wasn't just that he was crossing his arms. It was the style and the body shape. But yeah, he was his cousin, um... I, I just, I, I mean, I, I have I have love for my cousins, but, I you know, there, there's some I am close to, but it's never that, like, this is my best fucking friend, grew up down yeah. the street, always getting into trouble together. I mean, you know, it's just uh, not a world I understand. Next we go to uh, Firehouse, like, Ladder 62, like, that's their, their fire station, uh, and we get to meet, like, the gang, basically, like, the main characters, so we've got... Um, Let's see. We have Franco Rivera, who is the Puerto Rican guy, who's the ladies' man because he's handsome. He looks he's a big himbo. He looks extremely uh, like somebody who would appear in Hamilton, if that makes sense. Yes, uh, played mm-hmm. by Daniel Sunjata. We have Stephen Pasquale as Sean Garrity, who is uh, dumb. 
then we have <laughs> which one is he? Hold up, you got the, the one photos. that's not the one that's not quite as dumb as the other one, Saletti, who's the probie or probationary firefighter, who they're all mean to because he's literally okay. the stupidest man that's ever lived. And then Lieutenant Kenneth Shea, who they call Lou because he's Lieutenant. He's the big fat guy with the handlebar mustache in this episode. And then there's uh, Jerry Riley, I think, is the guy who has a gambling problem. Yeah. Oh, Chief my God. Riley, oh, my God. Who the... appears to be wearing a daishiki in his uh, IMD photo. I don't know. What is this? I don't. I, I, <laughs> I, I uh, uh, my feelings, that guy. I just, the gambling, the guy with the gambling problem, they really hammer home in that first. <laughs> it's very, and, and, and Steven's not here to correct us, but it feels very, it's an improv scene, and we really need to reinforce that yeah. this character has a gambling debt. Yeah, so just... many character introductions just felt like improv scenes, which is why, uh, again, I'm asking: Was this show written? I, I know he got an e- Dennis Leary got an Emmy for writing it, but did anybody write it? It felt like Portlandia sketches, or <laughs> it's just like, all right, here's the basic concept, go. Yeah, but we learn all these guys, they're all racist to each other, so it's all canceled out. Like, everyone's ethnicity yeah. is equally in, is equally bad to be, so no one, there's no hierarchy, I think. It yeah, was just, I just South Park logic. Yeah, basically. I just, I mean, I'm just thinking, yeah, like, the quick introduction, yeah, we were like, here's the handsome one, here's the idiot one, here's the big guy, here's the gambling guy. When he's standing, like, when he, like, the, 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 the fact that they hammer that one home so much of the, like, they're in the building that's on fire, and he cleans off the TV God, that, to see ah, to the, the score. Game. And then he goes to the bar, and he's just like, listen, I can't believe this is what's going on. I had Celtics points, Celtics winning at halftime, Garnett with po- uh, Garnett points, yeah. Garnett rebounds, <laughs> Garnett block shots, Celtics winning the tip. And then the guy's like, wow, that's a, that's a gambling problem. I thought that was him also having like a dream sequence or something, because he Dude. then puts like the dead dog in the bag or whatever. That was... like. He imagined himself at the bar, I think. No, I mean, that was, that no, because that wasn't... Oh, he went to the bar that was, like, next door. Yeah, and that okay, also, right. like, the only person who seems to be having dream sequences, the only person who's real is, uh, you it's know, Tommy Larry. Gavin. Tommy Gavin. Yeah, who has a yeah. form of PTSD where he externalizes everything as people that he's talking to, and he knows they're not real, but he's talking out loud to them anyway. No, he has ghosts that haunt yeah, him, Travis. Yeah, spirits. This what is are you talking about? Uh, These are supernatural creatures. I will say these are not great, but they execute this concept ten times better than Six Feet Under. <laughs> always, uh, all right. Those of you at home now, take uh, please open your beer and take a big sip because Matt has punched at Six Feet Under in an unrelated episode. <laughs> yeah, he sees the one guy's head in his locker. He's also lear- like we're learning like he's getting divorced from his wife, and there's bets on it. Um, oh, I mean. <laughs> I've been there, yeah. betting on a relationship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually you do that at the wedding. Um, oh, no, we bet on one, and then um, uh, Stephen fucking rigged the bet, told the person she did a temporary breakup so that Stephen would win, and then they were going to split the winnings, and then I found out, and I called foul on this. Stephen's been cheating at everything forever, which is why it's bullshit that he got really mad at me that one time we played Risk. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot until this moment as I was Steven, you're I was like, on Wait blast. You're on blast. That's why you're not on the episode. Um, Gooning you. So I think next we see Tommy's home life. where he It's is miserable. His, yeah, where he lives across the street from his wife, basically, now in a shittier house. I have seen that. some deadbeat fucking shit on a television show. I don't know if I've ever seen as rock 
fucking bottom as him because his, his you know his his wife they're separated she's going on a date with somebody he's got the kids for the night and he lays out a bunch of 20s 10s and 5s and is treating it like it's a game of kids tell daddy info about mom's new boyfriend it's just like all right five dollar question five dollar question and then like 20 bucks twisted. what's his address twisted fucking deadbeat as shit and then like across like you know, they're across the street and him with the binoculars, like, looking out, mm-hmm. just demented. Then tries to sneak in and then his son, Connor, uh, blows his cover. And then yeah. he he, he uh, throws his kid under the bus and acts like Connor was the one who wanted to come over. He's looking for some reason. Star Wars thing. What thing? I don't know. He doesn't even remember. All right. Good night. Just Sorry like, to bother you. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go continue to recreate rear window in my... In my uh, my house right I'm gonna, now. I'm going to go break my sobriety and talk to my dead cousin. Who's... Except also he's not breaking his sobriety because it was a hallucinated... Oh, sorry, it was a ghost drink. Was the whiskey a drink? Oh, was yeah. What was drink? Was that? So he was he was saying... Was that you know, a fake drink? Well, he, as he said, because, uh, yeah, he, he's conversing with his cousin. He's drinking a beer. And then he's holding a pint glass that's half filled with whiskey, which... Big whoo! Steven energy. <laughs> Uh, but no, so they, uh, yeah, he's got half a, he's got half a pint glass full of whiskey and it's just like, the way I see it, you're not real, which means this isn't real. And then he like takes a sip and then his daughter comes out and it's like, dad, who are you talking to? And then there's no glass in his hands. Oh. The glass disappeared. Where did the glass go? Yeah. Of, uh, there's a spirit glass. Yeah. A spirit spirit. Uh, what else happens in this episode? I mean, there's There's fire. the incredibly weird color balance the entire it's episode. Very, it's extremely gray. Um. <laughs> It yeah. perpetually looks it like looks an ashen. It looks better than the finale. The finale is like, it looks like a sitcom. Yeah, when they were outside at the park, like, it felt too saturated at times in this weird yeah. balance. And I, I couldn't get it. There was um, there was a shot, but it, I think I liked it. It was in the finale. But, well, I thought they were going to do, like, this sort of, like, weird tableau, like a long panning shot of all the firefighters standing around each other after the fire. And I was like, that would look good, but then they cut really quickly away from it. And But, you know, I'm the type of person who, uh, when watching things, thinks that the takes should always last longer. Or that, like, hold the shot longer, hold it longer. Yeah. Is that what you want that yeah. on Rescue Me? I do. I would love if Rescue Me had, like, this really weirdly operatic, almost, uh, visual language. I think that would actually really work with the, the, like, overblown nature of the show i think if you had these like really big like someone like a paolo sorrentino framing on this you know where you're just like oh this always looks like it's some like you know vatican some painting in the vatican uh i guess if you if you shot it beautifully you might cross over into like punch drunk love territory where like (laughs) you're like this is like oh it's like he's supposed to be like this like we're not supposed to relate to this guy but instead it's you know grim uh, and gritty. Um, there's a fire. Did it rescue some kids? <laughs> I mean, the big thing is then, like, you know, they talk about, like, seeing a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Oh, uh, yeah. One is, like, assigned to the station. And and they're, and they're just like, I'm going to kick his ass when he gets here. And I was like, so the psychiatrist is clearly going to be a woman. Yeah. yeah. So she comes in, and then he, like, does a big macho thing. And all the other men in the unit except for Tommy leave the room, but I'll listen in. And he starts out being, you know, trying to be really caustic or whatever, but she eventually breaks him down into talking about his feelings and, like, what he's dealing with in the aftermath of 9-11 as well as other horrible shit that he's seen. 
um, which was actually fairly affecting, I think. This scene and was then, good. Yeah. This, like, yeah. I think he did a good he, job. He actually does a good job sometimes, which yeah, makes like, me kind of Yeah, like talking about a kid mad. whose, like, skin was slowing off and, like, a girl who died because he, she demanded that he save her kitten and you couldn't do both and she had died of asphyxiation. And then uh, that part really, and, that and then actually, all the all the guys outside who initially were like, yeah, get her, Tommy, save Chinaman <laughs> or whatever. Like, <laughs> suddenly, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> they loved when, he, when she was like, are there any? Or he was like, would you? Or she was like, would you have a woman, uh, female firefighter? And he was like, I don't care, woman or Martian or a Chinaman. And then she's like, are there any Chinese firefighters? And he's like, maybe it probably in China. And it's like, God. I do. I, this is this is a dumb brain moment. I will say I know intuitively that there are others. Firefighting just does seem like such an American profession <laughs> yeah, in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Fires indeed happen. Everywhere yeah, in they the do. I just I think it's because the truck like the, I don't know the truck the feels tr- so the big the, truck the, mil- yeah. the militarized fetishization of them maybe is an American. Yeah, thing, that's maybe that's just why um, it feels in my brain is just so American. Yeah, but he's whatever. He starts talking about his feelings, and then they're all like, "Whoa." This dude's talking about his emotions like some kind of fruit. What if I did that? <laughs> and then we get like a montage of like how they deal with their trauma. So you have like Lou writing really bad poetry. Um, yeah, I just need to put this out here. Just she said like some kind of fruit. So I I I walk to work a bunch, and I work downtown in, in Columbus. And to go there, I pass uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, the federal courthouse down here. And they have, like, you know, like, it's, it's this, you know, wonderful building that has, you know, like, marble and stuff like that. And it's carved on the side. It's just, like, all society rests upon labor. And then there are little, like, um, I'm blanking on the word for, like, you know, little carvings along the sides mm-hmm. that are various jobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, like, ceramics. It's, like, all of these gasoline or petroleum. But one of them says fruit culture. <laughs> and right, I'm like I need I need some gay friend to come down and just take a photo yeah. of the part that just says fruit culture because like I walked by it and I wanted to just be like I like I'd never really noticed it and I saw it and I was just like I just kind of want to like post it and it's just like corporations during Pride Month <laughs> yeah. but it's not my jokes to make but I just can't get past just like it's now all I see is just looking over and just says fruit culture I'm just like yeah. wow guys. So- <laughs> So, so what other what other ways are the firefighters engaging in fruit culture, Travis? <laughs> I don't even remember what any of the other ones are doing. I just remember that yeah, the poetry was the one I remembered. For me, I thought of the scene in um, Freaks and Geeks of the like there were two tracks, yeah, or three tracks, one or whatever. Was the smart kids, yeah. one was for the dumb kids, and then he gives that whole speech, and then at the end, uh, she just laughs in his face. Yeah. And I was just like, that's how I would have responded as a psychiatrist, actually. At, at a certain point of this, would have just been unconsciously start laughing. It's good. He does it well. It does go a little too much of like, we don't, well, okay, hold on. We don't need this many dead bodies. But boy, yeah. did this show like a gruesome corpse. Yes. Because we, we get the kid who's like, it's FX. We see him on the beach and he sees all the ghosts of the people he's talked about. Then they do the dance of death from the seventh seal or whatever. Everyone Probably else, don't do that. They won't. No, they do. They do. They do the dance macabre. But the weird part about it is that it's to Coldplay. And even though it's not it fix was you, Coldplay. in okay. my mind it's fix you. So it's people just going like, you know, doing that dance. And it's just like, if you try your best, but you don't succeed. And yeah, just Dennis Leary looking on. Everyone else is, there's, you know, like a full montage of people doing things. I think one of them is like talking on the phone with somebody about their pro- their feelings. And Ugh. 
I don't know. Somebody's don't getting a divorce or whatever, and you know, fruit culture. Yeah, I mean, that's I. You know, there's that's rescue me. That's, that's it. The that's the pilot. That's the show Guts. That's the episode. It's called Guts because that's what you need. Guts. I remember. I remember. I remember Guts. I don't remember the theme. Oh, how I do was, you not? Because uh, it feels like the type of show that I never once was like, Guts is coming on. Instead, I was like, oh, Guts is watch, on. You didn't go to your yeah. uh, grandparents and watch Nickelodeon Gas? Well, I never really had that close relationship with my Nick grandparents. Gas. Or even at your own home? Uh, I didn't. We didn't you have didn't in our cable. Ca- that, we, ca- that level of cable package. Yeah, we had, we had a cable package, but we did not. We, uh, we were not the ones that were like, we need Nickelodeon games and sports. Oh, I loved that network. Of course you loved that network. That's the <laughs> least surprising thing I could imagine. Global Guts was good. They do, like, international kids. I don't know. Wait. This show would be better if it had the aggro crag. That's what well, Okay. Saying. Well, Travis, what show would not be improved by an aggro crag? <laughs> Madman, but suddenly Dom's got to climb the aggro <laughs> oh, crag. You know that episode? <laughs> was, the Sopranos. You know, I know that you would quit on Madman, but do you remember? Uh, do, uh, did you make it to the episode where... where they climbed the stairs? Yes. Yes, that was basically the aggro crag. Yeah, if, yeah, but instead of them climbing the <laughs> stairs, it's Roger having to do the aggro crag and getting sick after, like, four martinis and, and a bunch and, like, of oysters. 5,000 oysters. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. They, they, okay, what show, what, like, sports show wouldn't be improved by making the contestants eat a bunch of oysters before they do the thing? Honestly, baseball would be lackluster in general if they had to do a bunch. Of, <laughs> they, they, no, unless Ninja Warrior, if they all had to eat a bunch of oysters before, would be very good. Yeah, but uh, no, that would be they great. Put, this is the most Steven idea I've ever had. <laughs> baseball, if they had it like set up, like you would like, it's not just like right before. It's just like in between innings. You know, you go over, you're leaving, you and there's just a guy handing them. in the in the dugout just slurping. That would be sick. I would also Drinking be like a martini. That's, among the least weird things I've seen a pitcher do between innings. Yeah. <laughs> if, if the inside of there a dugout... There has to be an unwritten rule about that. If the dugouts are just steakhouses. <laughs> this Part is, of a superstition. This is an extremely Las Vegas baseball team we are pitching. Matt, have you heard about the stadium that they've opened for the Raiders now that they're in Vegas, where one of the end zones is just a nightclub, basically? <laughs> like, there's bottles, there's like bottle service in the stands of the nightclub part of it, where it's like, yeah, you can get a bottle of Bacardi for $2,000. The only thing, the only issue I have with Vegas culture is that it's really expensive, but I really like the aesthetic of it. So you uh, like Atlantic City or Reno? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. like Vegas, but cheap? Yeah. All right. Uh, should we talk about the hour-long finale, Ashes, which actually... I am amazed. Shouts out. Uh, maybe we all have the self-esteem of Rescue Me, a show that thought it deserved the hour-long finale. I mean, it means FX thought that it deserved the hour-long finale, I, too. I, Dude, I will say I felt like this should have been 15 minutes long. Like, this should have been a web series. Yeah, I just described a 44-minute plot in about 10. Like, and I was way. like, did you miss anything? Yeah. I it's mean... because, like, 90% of the runtime is a scene effectively ending and then Dennis Leary continuing to explain the scene for about 150% of the length of what actually happened in the scene. Yeah. Or or it's two guys standing next to each other going like, what, you're going to fucking jerk me off? You're not yeah. going to jerk you're me fucking, off. I bet you want to fucking jerk me off. Yeah, like over and over again. <laughs> you goddamn mick. Yeah. And you're just like, yo, what the hell is any? Did you need to pad the runtime? I did learn uh, when I was reading on TV tropes about the show that there's a character from a different firehouse who's like a noted anti-Semite, so they start calling him Jimmy the Jew. 
I mean, the first episode has a scene where they have a new guy named Mike, and they try to come up with a nickname for like, Mike. We got Guinea Mike already. I don't yeah. want to say everything they say in that scene. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. that was how I felt. So, so uh, would either of you guys watch Rescue Me? <laughs> no. I mean, I did, so... Sickening, you know. <laughs> but today, no. Uh, yeah, I was like, I've had enough. Now, I think if Norm was the star... <laughs> Or if it was half hour and was framed wonderful, it was really beautifully shot, but the exact same. So we're like, oh, this is like overblown in a way. It's it's purposely melodramatic. Stanislaw, like we got a podcast. I don't think so. He, he, he probably doesn't understand like the podcast as like a format. I was going to say like, he we either. Today we had radio. Yeah. And, uh, you know. I don't oh, know. See, I was going to say. www.whatthefuck.com. Like he could sit solo at a microphone and just go. Oh, that's though. the other thing, though. Maybe there's a good Marin episode with him on it or something. I don't know. Lock the gates, baby. Uh, 100% he's on, like, a five-hour Marin episode. Yeah. So we open with uh, a another dream sequence, which is a funeral for basically, you know, five... So the four of the five guys, basically, that we met in the first episode, and then also Black Sean, who's the new one who's married to... Tommy's daughter now. Yes, um, he is Tommy's son. And it's a world where they died in this arson fire they were uh, fighting, and Lou is the only survivor, and he gives a eulogy for them, and everyone is devastated. But the reality is that Lou is the only one who died in the fire, and so, them all. Yeah, I was I was watching this, and I was like, okay. I mean, so we yeah we the episode opens. This is where you get like the the the, the shot that I was like, oh, I could really like this if it went on, and we just saw a bunch of firefighters standing in a straight line as the camera pans. Around them. I did also, like, there was a shot in the first episode I did actually really enjoy, which was the tracking shot around the fire truck as they get ready to go in. Mm. And it just does that sort of little technique that I really like where it's just like, we're just going to zoom through a bunch of little conversations and you're going to get snippets. And it's a thing that I usually think of more in, like, the start of things. So placing that in the middle of just, like, we are going to show you all of these guys getting ready to go in to a burning fire and there's going to be a weird tension in there. I thought that was really good. I like when they do kind of be, like, it is truly remarkable and also absolutely psychotic to run into a burning building. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And when they hammer that part home, I was like, yeah, that's good. Where you're just like, you got to be a specific type of person to be like, yeah, okay, let's go. Uh, and Are uh, there other firefighter shows that are like, I mean, obviously this is the most <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say nine one one. I'm just, because I, I, I think the concept of it is, Paw Patrol. is good. You're right that it's like, an insane occupation and an insane calling. There's been movies I, like Ladder 49. Well, yeah. so there's nine, there's 911, and then there's 911 Lone Star. Uh, but then there's also Tacoma FD, which that's I... That's a comedy, I think. Yeah, I think that's a comedy. Ah, and also, how could comedy. we forget, guys, Chicago Fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. That's still going, right? Yes. Yeah, All those as is Chicago, Chicago PD, shows. as is Chicago Med. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yes, they do is block traffic cause... downtown. <laughs> I'm just now looking at who is in the Chicago Fire cast, and I'm just like, oh, okay, I recognize Eamon Walker. But yeah, when you have a cast where I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are, that is that it's is Chicago-style realism, baby. Wait a minute! Steve from Sex in the City is one of the Chicago Fire guys? Yeah, oh, the New York Chewy guy that is married <laughs> oh, to uh, Miranda. Adam Sandler guy? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Look at, okay, uh, Firefighters. So yeah, I not so. with the the fucking dream sequence, and you're just like, 
I was like, oh, did Dennis already die? Are they making me think Dennis already died? He could have died in Rescue Me and I wouldn't have known. I was, I spent a lot of the episode yeah. thinking, like, he didn't die, but he skipped the funeral or something. And then, like, but then they kept talking about Lou dying. And I was like, does Lou have, like, an inoperable disease? Is that what's going on? And they're like, oh, the whole thing was, because then they show you, we see, like, we get it filled in of, like, well, what he happened wakes up, at the school which, that was on fire. Yeah, he, he wakes up, which means that everything that's happened to this point in the show was, uh, never happened. Yeah, I know. I it's understand that now, but I thought it might have been like... No, I mean, no, uh, all of the yeah. seven seasons we didn't watch, that all yeah. happened in a dream. Oh, yeah. Yes. Agreed. Because <laughs> this is the first time you see him wake up on screen. Well, it's the second time you see him wake up on screen, because he also does it in the pilot. It's a callback. It's the most obnoxious callback. This was, this was maybe the biggest bingo board. They don't destroy the set. He does in his imagination. Yeah, I guess that's true. I would. I did. I do have to say, taking a fire axe to a computer seems like a cool thing. Would do. Yeah, he wakes up and then it's like, oh, this was this speech that was given about how they are heroes and they will remember their names was all just a dream. I'm gonna you know, have to instead, be the one to give that speech. Wow. And so I expected him to give that speech, and then they just never do that funeral. Instead, they do the small, like they do the little funeral. Yeah, well, we see that one. It's only one person dying, not five. But it would still be a big funeral. You know, a firefighter dying on in the line does get the whole yeah, fucking circumstance. Yeah, and he's like the lieutenant of the unit. And, yeah. Um, but we get uh, we get to see what happened at this school that was on fire. Okay, so it was a school. The other part of the dream, the other reason why the dream sequence fucked me up is you see you get to see Lou identifying bodies or whatever. Yeah, you see the first like horrifically. It's a multi part. You see the season. first horrifically charred corpse of the episode. Yes, but then we see the second one, which is Lou's corpse uh, in this school. Which looked like uh, what I imagine that one guy in Austin Powers looked like after he yeah, fell so into the lava. Yeah, it looked like Mufasa. <laughs> uh, I was thinking the lava, you know, when uh, in, in Austin Powers 2 when she flashes him and then he's like, Mommy! And then he like follows her and falls into the lava. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking Mufasa getting crisp. dumped out and then yeah. being like, I'm very badly burnt, yeah. but I'm still alive. <laughs> Other people die in horrific burnings, but those are the ones that spring to my mind. Uh, uh, but yeah, pretty horrible, sh- gnarly shit. Yeah, I mean, him, like, yeah, so they, they're in a school. I didn't realize it was a school. I was very confused by that part of it, because they're just like, you know, we gotta get the kids out of there, and then they, like, run into a brick wall, and I was like, what happened? Were they, did they find kids in a basement? Was this a child trafficking thing? Did these, yeah, did these yeah. kids get bricked in? Yeah. Did these kids be like, there's a wonderful Amontillado down here? <laughs> You have to try. I'm it. not sure if they were the. They might have been the kids that even set the fire or something. Yeah. I don't well, know. no, they got the. So they were like the horrible kids at the school. So they tried to cask up Montiallo, Montiallo them. I can't say that word. I've had half a beer and I can't. And two coffees and I can't speak. But oh, I, uh, I got. Yeah, so I don't know how I didn't mention this yet. I got to tell you guys. I watched this finale in the shower. <laughs> how? What? What was the setup? <laughs> Holding it in my hand away from the water. Why on my other? phone? <laughs> Why on earth? The way TV was meant to be seen. <laughs> the uncompromised vision. <laughs> I like that because you were like, this is a show about fire. I have to watch myself. To- <laughs> Why? Why? Would you- uh, if you were that I- crunched for time. Yeah, I was a little could've... crunched for time. I'm a little hungover. I was like, I know how to kill a few birds at the same time with one stone. I have never, that has never crossed my mind. <laughs> it hadn't until today for me. I've never tried to watch a show on my phone. What's more? His dad does that, and every time I'd see that, I was no. like, what the fuck? Boomers be loving that. But what's more cursed 
uh, watching a show in the shower or drinking a, instead of a shower beer, having a shower cocktail. <laughs> shower cocktail is very twisted. I had a like shower a last in word. The shower. Dude, it was it was not a coupe, it was a rocks glass, but it was a shower last word. Yeah, horrible. Because I had made a last word and then realized that people were going to be over sooner than I thought they were. So then I had to jump in the shower while still drinking a last <laughs> word. And it was like the most just like, Niles! <laughs> moment of my life. A nice warm last word. Mm. Um, anyway, so part of why we see the what happened is because Tommy has been, uh, you know, automatically is now lieutenant uh, of this station. And he has to write the report. Basically, what happened, so we're seeing him, you know, remembering it as he's trying to write just the facts, which is hard to do. And he also, uh, we see him, he goes to his locker and he has this letter that's to be read in the event of Lou's death, because that's actually, if you watched the previously on thing, he, nope. I think him and Lou had been feuding about something, and he gave Lou, like, a thing that was like, hey, like, I, you know, I love you, you're my best friend, whatever thing. Um, but he pulls it out of the locker, and then he decides he wants to retire like, no, he doesn't decide he wants to retire. It seems clearly like he is, like kid is being expected that he will like take a solid uh, like. You know, he, he just had a new kid. Yeah, is the thing yeah. like he's back with his. Well, with he's his about wife. to have a new kid. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's about you know his wife's like nine months pregnant, so it's very much the like it's time for you to take a desk job, or retire so that yeah. you're no longer risking yourself. God, what do we get next? Him with his family. Uh, yeah, this is, yeah, well, they're like, you know, he's, he's, he tells them that he's going to put in his papers and they're very excited and, you know, he's got a life now that he wants to live. You may notice when he keeps seeing his family that he doesn't have the son from the first episode, which I learned what happened is his son Connor is killed in a hit and run by a drunk driver and then Tommy's uncle, uh, or the drunk driver gets a slap on the wrist for it. And Tommy's uncle murders him and then goes to jail. And then Mothers Against Drunk Driving deems this a justifiable action. So they petition to get him released early and succeed. What? Huh. Who's the actor who plays the uncle? Uh, Norm McDonald. Yeah, I, I need I to know this part. It. So pull that up uh, while we talk I about this Wikipedia, for a second here. Because I was just like, oh... The son's just not in this episode. That's fine. Yeah. I didn't even really think That's about it until this up. moment. What the fuck? Lenny Clark. Another comedian. <laughs> he was I mean, at another the funeral. Boston comedian. He was at the funeral at yeah. the end of the episode. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so is his sister, played by huh. Tatum O'Neill. Yeah, we're going to get to that because, oh, you know, she already appeared on screen because they do the whole, so they do the whole, like, here's, you know, it's during the the, the dream funeral where I saw Tatum O'Neill and I was like, is that Tatum O'Neill? And then one of the other guys, the fireman who's like carrying him and does the salute and that's older, is Hesh from The yes, Sopranos. Yes, Jerry Adler is... Yeah. A, is, uh, I'm sorry, I don't recognize that name. Hesh from The Sopranos. Hesh. He's Hesh. <laughs> and I was just like, the hell? What? Because I, I mean, like, I probably seen Jerry Adler and other things, but I can't... Yeah, he's it. been around. Yeah, but I, I think just, he was a stage guy, too, for a long it's time. It's just one of those things where I see him and I'm just like, oh my God, it's Hesh. Yeah. What? He... He died. They killed him. I, I just am thinking this all through. Like, what season is this? I don't know what season that happens in. Oh, my God. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> that happens also. It did run for you know, seven see, seasons. Like, right. And Tommy's reconciled of, with his wife. With but, like, they spent. But their well, whole you know what, you know what happened? You know, abusive. Uh, well, you know how they reconciled? 
is that she came up to him. It was after their son's death, and she comes up to him, and she's like, I know your heart's breaking, and my heart's broken too. And she's just like, but I just want you to stay in my life. <laughs> what are you referencing? Manchester by the Sea. Oh, okay. I don't remember that part. It's, it's the Michelle Williams scene. Yeah. What? <laughs> I just don't remember that part. This is like... This is one of the like parts of the movie to like to me. You got that. I mostly remember like the reveal of like what happened to his kids. Like that's the yeah. And then she's the mother. Yes, and the... I know she's the mother. Well, I, I, I don't know. That. <laughs> I just don't remember the specific. Like I thought the movie was pretty good, and I didn't think about it that much. But anyway, he reconciled with his wife, who they had an extremely emotionally abusive relationship on both sides, and at some point he rapes her on this show. Apparently. Uh, According Jesus. To the, the, according to Tropers. I, I read the point. controversy section on this show, and what it is is that he starts to force himself on her, and, and then, then she, she I like, yes. So I don't want to touch that with Dude, a 10-foot pole. It's Dubcon. I, uh, it's not great. Don't want to touch that part at all of the show. I have nothing to add on that. That is a messed up thing yeah. to put in. He also has an on-again, off-again affair with his cousin's widow, who is played by Callie Thorne, who we meet, and she was also McNulty's ex-wife on The Wire. So she's, uh, is that, this, she's the um, one who she's says... She's the one that's like, I've, you've had you deep inside yes. me. Yeah, I know what, all fuck you, that, you, so man. You've never turned on sex or whatever. I was so yeah. confused by that scene because I could not parse what their relationship is. Yeah. Or like who the son is with a severe disability. Or, yes, I had no idea who that person I was. I think that might be his... his cousin's son or i was just like is this another oh. i'm genuinely i was like did something happen to this firefighter because it, it could re- be like it was uh it, it, he reminded me of one of the supporting characters in the movie uh the writer who is which is about like rodeo people yeah. and there's a guy who's fucked off and yeah and, and was in yeah. you know in a, in a in a hospital wheelchair like that and so i was just like oh is mm. this somebody like in a previous season where something truly awful happened could have been. Could uh, be. Not sure. But instead, we just get her we'll saying, never know. two things to live. Sex and fire. You need one, you need one thing to live. The Kings of Leon classic. Yeah, sex sex on fire. <laughs> the yeah. Setting the liquor bottles in front of him saying, you're going to need this. And this. And this. And also this. I mean, I've done that before Horrible. to friends when they've you know said various things. I did that with uh, one friend recently when he was like, yeah, I got to go get some stuff back from my ex. And then I just started pulling bottles out. It's <laughs> like, well, if you need any of these. Um, Isn't he an him... alcoholic? Uh, you know that? Yeah. Uh, we get a truly awful scene at a playground where oh uh, my Tommy God. is there to, with one of his kids and he sees what life is like retirement and th- this is just like this is a densely routine just happening in yep. where first yep. he sits down and an extremely emasculated man keeps inching closer to him to talk about like it's good to have a- another dad here or whatever and then he learns that like they enforce sharing and worst of all these girls are named things like madison and Brittany, like names that have just like yeah that's names people have this was all the time one like, of them isn't it like so that. great that they're turning our kids gay yeah, like this was repugnant. One of the most inexplicable and unenjoyable scenes I've ever seen. And it went on so long. Yeah. That was part this, of it. This was it's, 45 minutes on its own. This was a horror movie to me as he just continues to go in and in. This is what this is what it's like. I, I felt the way watching this that I do watching any episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where I'm just <laughs> like, I am praying for death. I've pulled out a samurai sword and I'm slowly chopping my head this off. This is this is worse though because Curb is played like you're 
that's the yeah. point of it. I it seemed like this was supposed to be like funny or something. Yeah, like they's not cut out for this world where people have to share stuff and are named Madison. Have names? Uh, yeah. Especially he's like Madison. That's an avenue or whatever. It's like, oh my god! <laughs> it's just a last name that when got his, turned into a first. When name. his daughter looks at him and is like, "Look, Dad, there is an established social structure in that playground. You can't just walk in there and impose your own worldview and value system on that structure." I was like, "Who talks like this?" Yeah, <laughs> that is that is what someone who t- tweets chaos theory or game theory, <laughs> you know, one slash question yeah. mark talks like. Yeah, this whole thing was very uncanny. Like the, it's like it felt like a dream sequence, as well. It was whatever the opposite of Lynchian is when talking about like nightmarish dreamscapes. There's a a slightly less repugnant scene is them transporting the ash lose ashes to where the funeral is, and they're all argue. It's all of our our main crew basically, and they're all arguing with each other in the car. Then they earlier gum. they had earlier established, and I, I don't know if we touched on it, that they are all gonna transfer out of the firehouse. Yes, that this is the last, the last ride. Yeah. Of Probably this. the worst acted scene we've seen so far in it, any uh, of the shows we've watched for this. So truly bad as they right. two, sit around. Two of them are chewing gum, and this is angering Tommy. And then the really stupid one. Uh, like insists on looking in the box because he's got to see the ashes to know what they look like in case he gets cremated or something. Uh, very weird. He's like, I'm thinking about getting cremated, and I just I'm really afraid, and I just want to see it one day. And he, you opens know, the box. in a show like this, if ashes show up, they're gonna there are gonna be some hijinks with them. Yes, and so the two guys were chewing gum. They finally agree to spit their gum out. And they both open their windows at the same time, and he opens the box, and then it creates a vortex. And the ashes get all over the car and all over all of them. And they have to Hilarious. clean up on the side of the road. Yeah. I mean, I was like, that's amusing. This was the I, funniest thing that happened. almost got a heh. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then they have to clean up and they're like, they got Lou all over them. And then Ugh. Stephen Pasquale has some Lou up his ass. So then they have him try I, to squeeze it out into the into the box and then I, the I'm g- comes. It was, that was so much. High jinks happen. I will say I did actually laugh. At the, uh, I, I, I actually lolled at the vort, like when he opened the box, just because it's so comical. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, because yeah. there's the, the vortex that's created by the two windows down. So when he opens the box simultaneously, it fills the whole car like they're bank robbers. Yeah. In a really stylized yeah. thing, and the ink explodes because it's just, it's the windshield gets completely covered. Like, it was like, oh, he's going to blow out the window. And instead, it's just, boom, explosion. Yeah, uh, they do eventually make it to the funeral where there's a bagpipe rendition of Inagata de Vida. Um, that is not one of the several instruments I can play the main riff from Inagata de Vida on. I was going to say, uh, this, this song was new, and every instrument that I own, <laughs> I've seen Travis play that song on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, I don't know how a bagpipe even functions, really. And so uh, Tommy reads the note that Lou left where he's just like, you guys are all various racial stereotypes and suck, um, but together you're a great team and my best friends. Uh, and I liked to fuck a lot and eat food. Um, uh, when they talk about this at my funeral, when they go around and they give the tribute to him, and one guy just is like, "He had a prodigious memory for porn, Lithuanian midgets, or something like that." Give you five titles. 
He did firefighting out of love. He was set from his career in, ha- in founding Pornhub and creating the back end of the search engine for it. Uh, so they give that speech and everyone's like, wow, stirring. And then they try to throw the a- spread the ashes, but they actually replaced a bunch of the ashes with like cake mix or something. So they just throw like a big lump onto the beach. And the priest is like, what the hell, man? And he's like, we had an issue. Hijinks happened. Why was this an hour? It's so I, they could I, do I, scenes like this where, like, th- nothing it was comes an hour of it. So we can get it's to the scene funny. that I'm most excited to talk about. It was an hour so that we can welcome Robert John Burke to the As You Know All Stars. Play the music. Which person in which is part? that? Both in Rescue Me and something else. He is the priest. The oh. he's a priest. Okay. The, the, the you know the guy who what, who, who yeah. Handles. What else was he in? That is Bert Bass or Bart Bass. The man who dangles off of the building that Chuck lets die. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Who tries to kill his son. Amazing. There's a lot of Gossip Girl relatives or people that wind up in the other shows that we watch. Yep. But no, as I I watched it, I was like, wait a minute. And I feel like, that's the thing where I was like, did he? It's hard to tell if he actually appeared in either of the episodes of Gossip Girl we watched, since that way Gossip Girl immediately, like, segued in. I was like, I think he is in that scene where he's, like, dangling. The opening scene is, yeah, him dying. Uh, but it's just, it happened so quick that it felt like it was the previously on part. But yes, he's but yeah. back. This episode's an hour to make room for a scene I'm really excited to talk about, which is the world's fastest and smoothest childbirth um, <laughs> happening. At to- at- after the funeral, they're like, let's order some pizza. And we get, you know, that classic conversation bingo board lasts of like, like 10 minutes. Right. Just them talking about bingo, pizza. Classic bingo board thing of the pregnant character goes into labor. But instead of being like, we got to get her to hospital, she's like, I'm having the baby right here. And they're like, oh, God, these firefighters have to deliver the baby, which comes out in 30 seconds. Just fine. That's what happens like, when you go into no, labor. And she pushed out. This woman's this woman's cervix must be three feet wide. Like, she is the <laughs> easiest. No one's ever had a childbirth this easy. Like, Tommy passes out. When he wakes back up, she's walking around standing. She's fine. Like, yeah, because this is her fifth child, I guess. So she's like, whatever. Been there before. And they welcome to the world, and they go over the list of names they're going to have for him. And uh, Tommy keeps calling them too gay, but uh, more harshly than that. Okay. So there was no really outstanding, terrible IMDb trivia. Uh, Mostly there was just a repeated mention of the fact that um, Dennis Leary had a cousin who was a firefighter who died in Worcester, Mass. Yeah. And so there was just a lot of, like... He started his firefighter charity before 9-11. Yes, and, but it was just a lot of that repeatedly, and it's like, oh, his character wears a, a Leary Firefighter Foundation shirt it carries really. Yeah. It's like, well, that's the whole thing. But instead, mm-hmm. he when, when the birth scene's happening, he does a classic trope, which is telling someone to go boil some water, and I was like, why do they do that? And I was double-checking this to try and find out if it's actually true. needed. There's few things better than the people also ask section on Google and the quick replies. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, what do you need for boiling, why do you need boiling water for delivering a baby? Can babies drown in water birth? And then like that question, and then it's just being like, babies can drown or even die if born in the water. The entry of water into a baby's lung can be, like, and it's just like, yes, like that's how anyone, anyone can die in that way. Thank you. But yeah, I was just uh, trying to figure out... Uh, what was up with the whole like I need boiling water and scissors? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just that it's more for uh, cleaning up the mess. Okay, 
sure. But it was just this huh. funny thing of just like the number of times watching something where someone's like, cleaning yeah, up the water. mess is such a this phrase. This baby came out very cleanly. Yeah. yeah she gave listen. birth to a newborn six month old baby that yeah. <laughs> just came out very smoothly again. And, and no then epidural. And she's I mean, like, what? I'm this, good. this is a, a show for the fellas. They're not going to fucking do a whole. Yeah. But shoot. just like that, she she was like fine and then is immediately crowning and then has the bits. Like, yeah. 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 Some true, I didn't know I was pregnant level stuff. Uh, and then they named the baby after Tommy calls all their names gay. Uh, they oh. Him, but much harsher than that, uh, even for Oh my god, they say that F word four times in like 30 seconds of this yes. scene. And I was like, wow, Tommy did not grow in that regard. And, but then and he's like, shooting down names any. like Ale- Philip or Alexander or whatever. But then they sent on... Settle on Shay because that was Lou's. I, I was going to make a and dumb joke. A Irish name. That's an incredibly say, gay name. <laughs> that is one of the gayest gay. names I've ever heard. Uh, well, I just wanted to go back and say, you know, yeah, Alexander, really gay name, you know. Not like it has anything to do I mean, with iconic. Yeah, that was, that was, you undercut it. I was building toward that. <laughs> I was going toward it. Yeah. You saw me and you're just like, I'm sprinting to this finish line instead. Uh, damn it, Travis. Uh, I will give him credit though. Shay Gavin, extremely quarterback name. Yeah, because yeah. Gavin Shea, name. Gavin Shay also could be a quarterback. Yes, Shay Gavin is Shea extremely Notre Dame quarterback that gets hyped and underperforms in a key game and is exposed and then follow in the following is exposed against Alabama. That is what will happen to Tommy's son <laughs> in the spinoff uh, show. Gay yeah. Shavin. Uh, that happens. The only other thing that I have is like, he we, he decides not to retire because they're like, you need this to live. You can't. You, you can't, can't grow function. as a person. We have to just accept the fact that you're going to perpetually risk your life. You need this. It's oh, they, have, they have a whole scene at the end that, to me, just proved that he did no growth in the yeah. seven years of the show. He it's did, literally like no him growth. doing the same thing. He did thing. a racism. He, he did a, did a racism. <laughs> Seriously, like he, he, it was the same speech. It wasn't like I. It seemed like it was being played like it was supposed to be better. Like he was supposed to have like learned something in this time, and like he, they might as well just played the same scene. He gave the same speech, but with more passion about like losing someone you care about. And these men are your brothers, you know. And I don't know. I really was just incredibly you're wonder, dumb. Yeah, you're gonna want like sometimes you're gonna go in, you're and you're. The person next to you might not come out, and you're going to wonder why. And You're going to be brave, and then also you all need to memorize the names of every Yeah, and then Rivera, and Rivera comes in and then is a drill sergeant suddenly, and he's just screaming yeah. at them and is like, you're assigned these three names and learn all, like, do a book report, basically, on every firefighter who died in 9-11. And then Tommy gets in the car and he sees Lou's ghost. Yep. I'm glad you got it right that it's a ghost. Uh, and <laughs> they talk... And yeah, and he's just like, good name, you know, my godson, love it. He's gonna be a chef. He's like, yeah, quarterback. He's like, yeah, chef. Why not both? I'm so glad you said this. So it reminded me that I can put this on the podcast. I found the new worst restaurant in the world. Is it called All right. Why not both? It is called Urban Chop House. Okay. Guess what the urban refers to? H e r b. Urban Meyer. It's Urban Meyer Steakhouse. It's just up that the street. That sounds amazing. I walked. 
I walked by it on the way to the grocery store. It is awful. There's like you go a, there, you start eating, and you're like, ah, oh, my heart's killing me. I can't. This must have been the steak. And there's then you go a, to a tree, much nicer steakhouse. A there year is later. a tree in the middle of the bar space. There's like a, there was like giant like there was like a giant high heel that you could stand next to. There were multiple Urban Meyer cutouts. There were photos of Urban Meyer everywhere. It was awful, and I Jesus. can't wait to go. Ironically. <laughs> The problem is it's really hard to spend money, ironically. Yeah. I They're don't still going to receive that money. Bad movies. Yeah. Well, the good thing about uh, uh, America and capitalism is somebody's always going to receive my money that I hate. I guess that's true. Bas- basically, no matter what I do, unless I directly... It be a smaller share. Of- I directly hand it to a friend. Somebody I hate is going to get theirs along the way. Yeah. And that's Rescue Me. <laughs> and that's Rescue Me. The shortest amount of time we spent on any show. I, what was there to do? You do know? you feel rescued? Come on, come I on. I feel saved. I um, have been singing it for 48 hours now. Yeah, Travis has just been walking around my apartment just, just going, going, come on, come on. But not, not Dirty on. Old Town from the end of the finale by the Pogues. That, honestly, we might have to More add... Boston energy. We might yeah. have to add... <laughs> We might have to add to the bingo board a Pogue song plays the finale. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's getting <laughs> We've had two. But still like this, People who write this... for T or who like work on TV shows fucking love the Pogues. I mean, <laughs> I really like the Pogues. They are a great band. It is just funny that they're just like that nothing speaks greater to the American experience than this Irish band this singing English about English band. Or, okay. Yeah, rescue me. It um it's of a it's of a time, yeah. And place in television history. Yeah, you can't make that show now. We already no. touched on that. But you uh, also could make the show before that. No, you couldn't, and it could be a lot better. But like, <laughs> we 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 had some ways to punch it up. I'd yeah. Say. yeah, this I'd say yeah. this was like a D. I'm I'm also I I hate to say it. This didn't I'm a generous meet my reader, metric. Yeah. Like I I'm not happy that I watched the amount that I did. Yeah. Uh, generally unpleasant it, show. It kind of it's 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 fun watching a bunch of these shows where you're like you know this kind of works just the first and last because of how much these shows like to make like a symmetry of this. Yeah, and the fact that it is multiple scenes are just shot for shot redone. It feels like yeah, this is one of the ones where it's like yeah we were missing a third act or a second act on this. Yeah, like if you remove the pregnancy. Here's a new feature I'm introducing. How I would just make these connect. If you remove the pregnancy, you and you just still have like a middle part where Lou dies in a fire. That's every. That's that's all you need. Yeah. Because since he doesn't grow really beyond this, like you have him talk with you have him talk with the therapist a little bit, and then you have Lou die that fire that Lou dies happened. You know, in the same spot of that. Yeah, this could have been a season one finale. This could have been a movie. He gets his wife back. He doesn't actually grow. Uh, another th- big bingo board thing is like a finale that has a death and a birth in it. Love the twinning of death. The 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 birth-death juxtaposition. And especially when they're like, yo, we got to name this kid after the guy that just died. Yes. Yeah, that's like... This is very much uh, not a death is all is the end show. No, firefighters, we die a lot. <laughs> not the end you come back to sit in a car with tommy and people are like who are you talking to 
Imagine being one of the ghosts of the people who he, like, it's not like you have a good relationship with this guy. You're just like, oh, yeah, it sucks. I'm haunting you because, like, you couldn't save me. Yeah. I don't know you. You just appeared. You were the last person I saw. That's it. Now I got to haunt your ass. I have to be part of your growth. I don't yeah. get to grow and live. What growth? Too, too bad Dennis Leary couldn't get another TV show consistently since then. He created a show called Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll where he played a rock singer named Johnny Rock. That was also on FX, but it got canceled How after two seasons. are you just telling this? <laughs> what the fuck? Did you not know that? I no. had no idea. <laughs> he did. It didn't last enough to make it onto this show. It only... We, Johnny... Johnny was, Rock? I need to know more about this show. It was on FX. It lasted 20 episodes. He was in a band called The Heathens. Uh. I remember Stephen Hyden talking about this and just being like, Johnny Rock, terrible name, <laughs> is the former singer of a band called The Heathens. Great name. Um, <laughs> 2015 show. The end of its second season. It ran for 20 episodes. Single camera, 22 minutes. Oh, is a sitcom? That doesn't... No, or it was a... Yeah, it says comedy television oh, show. I didn't know it was a 22-minute show. John Corbett's the former singer, or former guitarist, until the formation of the Assassins. He had a regular gig playing for Lady Gaga. Yeah, wow. this sounds awful. Man, I, I, I want to like introduce a segment of some sort on this show where we watch a follow-up thing, because I feel like so often we find out about something while we're recording... And then I, I really like. I almost want to like have an episode where we all go on assignment and watch a follow up. Here's what I brought to class today. Yeah, like here I, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the uh, just the, the pilot of fucking sex, drugs, and rock. What what is and it? I'm, yeah, and I'm going to talk sex about and drugs and rock and roll, and it's all stylized as one word. Great, horrible. Yeah, so it's like I go watch a single episode of The Boss and then report back on like a failed Kelsey Grammer. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Or that one show that you watched oddly. Back to you. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of See, shows. This that, sounds great. This is a good idea. That's, uh, that's, uh, that we'll, we'll find the time for this one. Uh, speaking of uh, weird uh, shows, uh, shows that, well, I, not Travis watched only, but shows that Travis is going to subject us to watching. It's your pick next week. So what do we got on the docket? Uh, for the second time on the series, we're traveling outside the United States. Because we are going to a show that's right, a fascinating history. No, <laughs> staying in the side of the Atlantic and Pacific, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, dang, yeah, like where are we? No one ever says the side of the Pacific. We don't compare ourselves with Japan the way we do with England. I do that all the time. I've never said don't... that in my life, so I just finished the phrase the way it is in my head. We are watching Degrassi: The Next Generation. Hell yeah, baby! New. I knew you were going to pick it at some point. Fascinating history. Uh. M- Matt? Yeah. Which of us is going to talk about it? Uh, it's m- I don't know a lot. I? Okay. I always default to Ian knowing more about any given pop culture. I and I Ian, you almost so. definitely know more than me. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. Matt, we are both going to try this one. Right. Starting now. It's set in a Canadian high school. Yeah. Drake is in it. Is that the one? Is this is the one that Drake is in? Yeah, I, I know that there have been multiple Degrassi's, and I was like, so yeah, Drake is in it, and um, Vampire Diaries Woman was in it, right? That's where oh, she really? Start. Yeah, because she appeared in that one Drake music video, because it was like a reunion of that. Huh. But yeah, so it's in a high school. Yeah. Drake gets shot. 
it it ran for a really long time. I think. Uh, it was on. I like, only Nick had at night. And that's that's time. But I only had Drake is. It's in a high school, and Drake was there. That was all I know. And Nina, Dobrev. And eventually Vanessa Morgan, of Riverdale fame. Damn it, Travis! You <laughs> fucking son of a bitch! We made the whole episode. <laughs> We'll Riverdale. find out more about Progressi the next generation it always next gets, week. It always gets his. Yeah, we will find out more next week. Thanks for listening. You know the, you know the spiel. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. You Please know, tell your like, friends. Hey, I haven't. I hardly tell my friends. Do the work for me. Yeah. I feel no shame. Tell your friends. Uh, thanks Do we to, have a quote? No, Stephen's not here. I was going to... I was gonna. You, you, I had it planned out because I was going to go... You know, Matt, thanks to our producer, Matt Isiani, for his wonderful work week in, week out. Get him a webby. And, Stephen, you want to bring us home? <laughs>